Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup Pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Hola, Congregación. It's me. <laughs> that was trash. Hello, it's me. I tried. All right, um, guys, it's Scam Goddess Pod. It's Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess, and this is the podcast all about fraud, robbery, boondoggling, flim-flamming, you know, uh, hitting a lick, catching a bag. Uh, and as always, I am very what? Yes, you got it excited excited and i really i i always say i really am but i really am like this guest is so talented i finally got to meet him um because we've been talking online for forever so i got to meet him in new york which was so amazing he's a multi-hyphenate talent he's a performer a writer a director a comedian and a singer uh Sanger. We're actually gonna say sanger because uh you talk about somebody who make you want to kick your shoes off You'll see him on season five of Search Party, Life and Beth on Hulu, and Abbott Elementary on ABC. Congregation, please welcome Larry Owens. Oh, thank you. Hey. <laughs> Why are you looking like that while I was introducing you? Praise the Lord, congregation. Um, I, looking like what? Looking like what? What was the I, look for the? You look like you got out. called out in church to like do a testimony or something. You were like, "Who me? Like you trying to hide?" Like, well, from testimony time over my life, and <laughs> I think things over. I can truly say <laughs> that I've been blessed. So yeah, I was just you know you were you're speaking of the blessings, and I yes. just yeah, it flashed. You're blessing my the eyes. community. Like you're so talented, so amazing. <laughs> like I'm so happy to be talking with you. Speaking of testimony, that made me remember that I went to church and like a youth church. There was always like this time where they they had a song to it too. It was like testimony time. Testimony time. It's testimony time in here. Testimony time. Testimony time. Testimony time in here. Come on now. Come on, somebody. I got a testimony, all right? Because I was on the streak. I was on the streak. And uh, and the car and the car the tide and rolled off. No, and the Lord sent was, the angel. <laughs> there was always somebody who did a testimony every week, and we'd be like, "This bitch, like here she go again." All right, <laughs> people with testimonies. Hi, God bless you this week. All right, y'all get the fans ready. Shamalala, you know when the blessings come in, the lo- you know somebody get the shoe ready to put in her face. We're going full Pentecostal, like. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
I don't I don't know if you think that tithing is a scam or not, but I did. I did I tithe this Sunday. I did it. 10% on the whole thing? It, it wasn't 10%. So it was more of a, it, it was an offering, technically. <laughs> you gave God vibes. He was like, God, you really have been pulling up for me. I can't give you a full tip, okay? You're not my agent. You're not my agent, God. But... Not vibes to God. I'm no. going to bring you a little something. I, I guess I did. <laughs> I guess I did. Our generation has complicated views of tithing, right? Yeah. I mean, look... I don't ever ask where the money going, but I'm like, I want to keep the church going. They're supposed to be doing community service and they don't pay no taxes. So I just be, you know, I haven't gone to church in a minute, though. And I, truly because of the pandemic, I would at least go on high holidays. You know, I'm not a heathen heathen. Yeah, you would walk into the tabernacle. Yeah, I I used to be in every Sunday. The last couple of weeks I've been slacking and then I went back, you know, virtual and then you know, T.D. Jakes asked for it. And before he asked for it, actually, I felt it in my spirit. And so that was like, let me go and text and give. Not to T.D., you know. though. <laughs> T.D. Jakes. T.D. got please. books. He got movies. And he's still over here talking about, all right, y'all. Like, sir, you I, are very rich. I know. I just want to be a blessing. You be can't fund blessing. this church on vibes. You can't fund this off your books yet. Uh, woman, <laughs> thou mean, art loose. Y'all, that I ain't fun in the lights. You don't have to be broke for me to pay you, American government. Well, actually, American government is broke. We do know this. So. Yes, listen. American government is on Klarna. American government got several credit cards. <laughs> they paying Amex with the Visa. They paying Visa with the Discover. Like, we are truly in the ghetto. <laughs> How does that work? Where does it end? Is someone going to come and repo the country? I mean, China. <laughs> But 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 China didn't put down the first investment. Isn't that Africa? Isn't that Mama Africa? Listen, to come and collect yet. and repo? Be like, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was like, you aren't going to decide to pay us reparations. We are taking reparations. Right, repossess we, me, we Africa want, continent. <laughs> we want Cac, we want North Kakalaki. You know, we, well, I guess that's used to be the agricultural. What do we want now? We want New York, Miami, L.A.? <laughs> Right, they just take all the lit cities. They take all the places where you can get hookah with your dinner. They just take Atlanta. those places. <laughs> Africa's coming for Atlanta. Yeah, they, they're already calling Atlanta Wakanda, so they can have it. They can truly have it. And I'm going to go. I'm going to live there. No, but okay, so speaking of testimony, uh, Larry, what is your relationship with scams? Have you ever been scammed? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you like it? be anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I think of scams and I think of just like sort of like my my brand, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was immediately I was like, it's like what are like the theatrical scams? Like what are like the ones that like come to play? And I'm sure you've covered these because you are an elite working actress. I'm sure you've gone through a lot of sort of the like actor scams oh yeah we love a good actor. i mean our whole industry is a scam like what the fuck is this like we just do i don't even know how you get to doing it it's just like you ask anybody voiceover work is a real scam i ask anybody how they got into voiceover they're like i don't know i met a man in the alley and then <laughs> next thing i know i was the voice of lexus and i'm like how how explain to me and they're like i can't tell you we're like are y'all the illuminati voiceover people because it's like 30 voiceover people who do all the cartoons. Cree Summers has a monopoly on voiceover. Like, 
I, I feel like she don't have conversations without money. She's like, this is my instrument, so hit that Venmo if you want me to chat with you. Like, <laughs> She won't even voice note you. <laughs> no, she's like, that costs too much, sweetie. You, you can't have a voice note. I'm driving. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> Clubhouse came out. She was like, no, pass on that one. <laughs> You're not just getting sound bites from mama. <laughs> like, no, sweetie. This voice box, this one, <laughs> Smithsonian. Like, <laughs> you know, one of the one of the good actor scams was like the pay for play. Did oh, you yeah. ever get wrangled into? Are you kidding me? I was, the... I, honey. I was at every meeting with a casting director. Sometimes it was a meeting with a commercial casting director. Bitch, how am I sitting up here trying to get into a goddamn Arby's commercial with your raggedy ass? You ain't even got no auditions. We just sitting here and you just telling us bullshit for money. Ooh, I done gave so many monologues, honey. So many monologues. The monologues? What would you do? What would you do for the people? Uh, they were like, okay, Lacey, you're amazing. I love your energy. You're a star. Uh, just do a little something. Do I even remember the monologue that I used to have in my pocket all the time? Damn, man, I must be getting lazy. Uh, I remember that it was from a play that was a little less known because I was like, I know the girl's going to be doing all these monologues, so I'm going to hit them with something different. Um, and it was a comedy monologue. I almost you did feel a comedic, like... You did a comedic monologue from a play. Yes, yes. It was, a, it, it was like Broadway of Center or was it like... Uh, Tyler no, Perry of what, Center. Not Tyler Perry. I get in there, I'm like, then she put makeup on me and she put <laughs> me in the bathtub and in she let him. I'm not going to do the end because it's triggering, but if you oh know that monologue, God. you know, ooh, she thought she was acting down in that scene. She was like, and then, like her eyes got all big, like she was going back to the memory. And then. Is that Kimberly Elise? No, nah, that wasn't Kimberly's. release, although I do love a, I need that money. I do love that. But uh, that's not Kimberly's. So I'm not going to shame my good sis like that. No, this was a Tyler I Queen. That. I love that all of the monologues to you are sung. <laughs> On like... this land? I go in there and I do that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On this <laughs> land? <laughs> Is that Cicely Tyson? Yeah. The Plantation Steps? <laughs> With Maya Angelou. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's black history. That's black history. That's a bro. scam. That's just, but it's also black history. <laughs> but I love Sicily and I love Maya. God rest her soul as queens. But yes, that was black history scam for our asses. I did. Did you ever do an open call in New York? Because I definitely did one for Motown when it came out and realized as oh. I was in line. That it was a scam. I got a call back, but I was sitting there with my little songbook in New York because, honey, I was singing Once on This Island everywhere. I was a stranger in white in a car. Like, everywhere, honey. I was like, y'all gonna put me on the broads and the ways. And... I went to this open call at like six in the morning, lying wrapped around the block. They got all these news cameras like, come out here, come out here. Yep, a full scam to promote this goddamn show, knowing damn what the shit was sitting in people's inboxes as an offer. But they got all us oh, fools absolutely. out here. And then the news was like, oh, you're auditioning for Motown. And I saw the news interview of people, and they'd be like, yeah, I'm auditioning. And they'd be like, well, can you sing us a little something? And then I just saw all these niggas out in the street, literally in the street, calling out rock. Like, that. I was like, this is an embarrassment. This is embarrassing. What am I doing here? Yes. But wait, uh, what are your actor scams? So pay for play. Do you have any pay for play stories? 
Um, no. I mean, I, I, I think I did one. I think I did like a class. Like I was just so broke that like, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't pay to play like early career i was just like working i was just working hard but i did do like one or two classes and i realized like oh no like this is just they just like love to give feedback like like feedback is a scam like if you aren't (laughs) meryl streep what the fuck are you telling me about acting like casting assistant three like you are not an actress casting assistant assistant Yeah, I was like, you could say, like, walk in this way, like, you know, things like that. But you can't tell me how to get inside this uh, this monologue, really. I don't, you know, I think it's different. I think so. Um, but I acting agree. school actually can be a scam as well. It <laughs> acting can. School, my acting school experience was not a scam, but it's because I, like, specifically sought it out, where I was like, the teachers have to have acted on a stage. Right. Like, you can't, like, have your credits be, like, the Methuselah production. Right. It can't be those who can't do teach. Like, it has to be those who did it go and show me the way. It's very scam-like because you know that your algebra teacher can crunch the numbers. But it's like, you know that your, like, violin teacher can, like, hit that, hit that do-do-do, the fingers, you know. But an acting (laughs) teacher can kind of... Kind of be like, no, just like push it from your diaphragm and for however many thousands of dollars a year to teach college, mm-hmm. to pay college money mm-hmm. to learn how to act, mm-hmm. which is human behavior, TV, scam. And honestly, like the only reason you should go to an acting conservatory is if you're going to one where they're going to basically scout you like football players when you when you graduate. Like so you can get that in and get like a good agent. Like, you know, you go to Rutgers, you go to Juilliard, you go to that's a lane for sure. But like, I know, but you don't even a good be... showcase, even a good senior showcase is that good old Scamarella. It, <laughs> like, it is. They, they fit you into like this like tiny, tiny box that like just like doesn't even like make sense for us. Like. Lacey, imagine someone trying to tell you how to do Lacey in 30, like, six seconds. Like, <laughs> And they did. Yeah. And did. <laughs> I've had people. You, you did it? Oh, I, well, yeah, I've done showcases. Um, I've also had people, like, give me feedback that was definitely just a jab at my personality. Like, oh, you're too sassy. Like, black people don't have to be that anymore. That white lady casting director, I'll never forget that bitch. Fuck her. But, like... So I've definitely had that happen too, where it's like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and you're just talking to talk and you're you're getting inside people's heads. Also, like conservative, like if you go to a, a college that has a repertory theater or a repertory program, then you're getting actors who are just traveling around who like, some we got were amazing. Some we got were just bitter as fuck and like harming people. Like I remember one time um, an actor that I know who's a singer in a brilliant, like one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. We were doing Xanadone. And why did this director, we had a director, and I guess I guess because he was gay, he thought that he could just be out here wilding. He slapped him across the face for no reason. I truly can't even remember why he did this. And we were all like, what the fuck? Did he just oh, slap no. him? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that's a scam. Theater does not have to be abusive. That's a scam. Where God, people are like, oh, you, like, you put your back into it. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, this is called acting, honey. Right. Like, and getting naked, getting naked in theater productions. Cause I remember watching some theater productions. And everybody was getting booty naked, and I'm like, "Why y'all getting booty naked? Like, we don't need to do this." <laughs> scam, scam, booty naked, 
uh, sells tickets <laughs> to shows. <laughs> Puts a little intrigue on it, <laughs> even when you know the content is bad. Right. It's like, what are we doing? Like, no, we're going to sell tickets because we're... <laughs> if more than two people are booty naked, it's a scam. If we're if we're seeing an array of... <laughs> Dongalongs and tetas, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be um, superfluous. Right. I'm not getting booty naked live. Like, that's just not. <laughs> and that's no shade to sex work. I'm just saying, as an actor, you're not gonna catch me on nobody's playbill getting booty naked live. It's just would not gonna do, happen. Would you do booty naked for Cam? It would have to be necessary in the script and it would have to be further along in my career where I could hopefully sell my titties for like a great value monsters ball. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get Halle Berry money, and that's fine. But, you know, like, let me get something. Um, How necessary to the script? <laughs> like, what, what crosses that threshold? Um, You know, like, it's got to be, like, the sexy got some acting in it. Like, it's a reason we doing it. It can't just be, like, we fucking, like, because we always feel, <laughs> like. <laughs> not after, like, the first party scene. or Right. You ain't getting no titty be... meat because we fucking in the bathroom. That okay. just feel like. Oh, no, put... it has to be returns from war. <laughs> it's been <laughs> forever. Right. He have How a flashback. You're... He have a flashback during the sex. And then, you know, it's like, I mean, he in oh, the manhole oh. again. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It gotta be deep. Damn. Damn. I want to see you as this wartime wife. Wife roles are scams. It's like, okay, like, why can't we just write a role for this woman? No, come on now. Roles for women, other than like being annoying or stopping the fun or. Yeah, you know. Like, wife, she's at home. He's like doing as much stuff. She's just like waiting. No, women, of course, they were very, very busy during wartime. Sometimes even fighting themselves. Um, Cool. But. Cool. All right. Well, PSA, the more you know. Guys, let's get into our first segment here. What's hot and fraud? This is where we warn our listeners about popping scams in the zeitgeist, or more often than not, we get your letters. As always, snitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspot at gmail.com. Just make sure your scam is retired because we don't want to what? Yes, fuck up your bag. Uh, Larry, I need a fake name. Don't worry about gender. We don't care about that. Juicy. He's really mulling on it, guys. Like, you should see Ju- his thought process. Juicy? Yeah. Juicy, love it. I thought you said, let's see. I didn't know you said juicy. Juicy. I was like, juicy. (laughs) Juicy says, hi, Lacey. Long time listener. First time Mark. (laughs) No, no, Juicy. So I know you and the majority of the people are aware of the scam where someone messages you offering to turn your $50 into $5,000 or something like that. I got a message on Saturday morning from a mutual on Instagram offering to cash at me $500. Okay. All they asked me for was my cash app hash or handle and nothing else. There wasn't a link that I clicked on or anything like that. Within two minutes of sending them my cash app username, they had logged into my Instagram, changed the email affiliated with the account, changed the password and have been spamming me every single day and every single person that follows me for a week. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So Juicy, let's pause. (laughs) <laughs> oh, juicy, juicy. Um, oh. juicy juicy eat that lunch okay let me gotta get sued by doja cat um <laughs> juicy so you had a a mutual and you called him a mutual so you didn't say like this is my cousin this is my homegirl this is my bestie just a random mutual <laughs> who dm'd you and said hey girl long time not no talk you want 500 dollars and you were like yeah like nothing about that 
Nothing about that scene. Uh, Nothing pinged the spidey senses. Okay. Like, and we talk about the despot meter on this show. Like, when you are needing something, you're more likely to get scammed because you're overlook weird things and red flags because you're like, oh, I want the thing, you know? Like, maybe it's too good to be true. You're not even thinking about that. So you were just like, hey, yeah, um, Samarella229 or whoever the fuck this girl is, some Herbalife bitch from high school or something. And and you said, okay, I will take your $500. So the, the Susu is, is it was so... Miss Juicy referenced the Susu. What's the Susu? So that was when you asked me about like scams. I was gonna, that was my second on my list. It was like pay for play. And then there's the Susu. So Susu is when you're on Facebook. I haven't been there in many, many years, the metaverse. Yeah. Um, but so, so you're I'm scrolling and they're like, I just made a thousand dollars in two weeks. If you want in, DM me. It's the best, you know. But like they say it, and like, and then you DM, and they're like, "All right, you put in this amount of money, mm-hmm. and then, and then it goes into the pot, and then you bring in four people, and you get two thousand. So it's a pyramid you- scheme. <laughs> yes, 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 and it's sometimes called a susu. I have never heard Susu before. I'm I cannot believe I am breaking this on Scam Goddess. <laughs> the Susu is a specific type of like money laundering scheme. It's like it actually is kind of racist to uh, like denigrate the Susu because in places where there are not like systems of banking, it's a way for people to get money, basically to like you know get, put up a deposit get something back and then yeah but you're saying that like a way to get yeah you know other ways to get money robbery like that's you're saying that like like this is a gainful uh employment you're like no i don't want to give it up because this is how people you know make income and i'm like yeah theft like <laughs> no i was just covering my tracks so i looked up susu like there were different cultural origins and i was like okay let me not just completely drag this through the call <laughs> But basically, yeah, like you'll get hit up and be like, put it in. So Juicy put in 500 and then... Juicy didn't put in shit. Juicy got hit up by her homegirl or homeboy or home they them. And they were like, hey, I'm going to send you $500. I just need your cash app. And and Juicy didn't ask no questions. She said, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Like... <laughs> sent the cash app? Yeah, she sent her cash app. All she did was send her handle. She didn't even send her login. She didn't send any information. She didn't click on any links, which we always talk about on the show. If you get links from people you don't know, if you get links from websites that you ain't been talking to, don't click the link. Ever. Ever. Because a lot of times those links can literally just take all the information off of your computer as soon as you click on it. Like So she made smart decisions. She was like, oh, it's just my Cash App handle. You can give that out anywhere. You can put that on Twitter. But maybe these people had already hacked Cash App and, like, all they need is your handle to, like, figure out the rest of your information. I don't even know what they're doing. They needed just a tidbit of information. Yes. Yes. Maybe they could get into your email from the Cash App, reset your Instagram that way. Like, you know, that, you know, those circumstances do exist. And so they changed her Cash App. They changed her, excuse me, they changed her Instagram and she said that now they are posting from her account. They've been spamming every person that she follows. Instagram support has been absolutely no help. No, you got to have a plug at Instagram. I'm going to see if I can send you my Instagram plug. Um, 
They said that um, they're posting Bitcoin fraud stuff and pretending to be me. This is beyond embarrassing. I have no idea how they were able to do that with just my username. Kind of scary. Hope you and your loved ones are doing well. Thank you. Um, And that no one falls for the scam that I did. So, guys, if someone says send me your cash app and y'all haven't already, like, y'all ain't splitting dinner. This ain't the homie. You don't know him like that. Like, I'm sure that whoever the mutual friend was was somebody who already had just gotten hacked. And now the hacker is spreading out into their followers and doing the same thing. And I went on her, right? And I went on her Instagram. I'm not gonna say her Instagram, babe, because I'm I'm not gonna. uh, (laughs) Because then you get the email address. Do that, honey. Right? They're like, okay, bet. So I went on her Instagram, and why they posted this uh, picture of a Mercedes. (laughs) <laughs> and the photo said the caption says congratulations to me uh i am so grateful bitcoin mining hashtag bitcoin trading hashtag bitcoin mining and bitcoins and lots of hashtags they took a picture of the inside of the mercedes also this mercedes looks hella old but okay go off scammers then they're posting stuff like oh look at this uh bitcoin situation i don't know if i can make that visible to you but they're posting this stuff like you gotta check your app you gotta keep like whatever and before that it was just like pictures of her pictures of other people regular stuff and now her account is completely taken over and what's crazy is is that they're not bribing her to get it back because sometimes people take over your account and be like all right run us the bag and we will return your followers to you they were just like no we're gonna take the account and get the word out (laughs) oh my gosh wow so so if you just put your cash app in your bio someone can come and do all that stuff to you? That's what's fascinating to me because if that's the case, then why are they even reaching out to people directly when they could just go look at people who have their cash apps in their bios? There has to be something to it. They just do a quick little, you know, search, search engine and find that. And the girls on Twitter love to put out their cash app handles. So oh, with the fierce and the quickness. But that's mutual aid, and we love mutual aid. We do love mutual aid. We do love oh, mutual aid. Do you love mutual aid, or do you consider it a scam? This is the arena. I mean, go fund me. You know, like, that's how everybody paying for everything, which is just so confusing to me, because I'm like, then what am I giving my money to the government for? It's if we all just going to be funding even... each other, bitch, run our shit back. It's <laughs> even less informal now. Mutual aid is literally like, Okay, say for instance to me, black queer artist needs <laughs> funds for <laughs> needs funds for blank. We're all and, doing and, our and, own and, United Negro College funds. It's like <laughs> we're uniting around me, the Negro, for the fund. Okay, the, aid. we're yeah, no, we're just uniting around me, United Negro. I don't think fund, mutual aid me. is a scam. I I actually I want to <laughs> you know. And in the same way that, you know, <laughs> I, gave TD, I gave TD some money. I should, I, I want to start to like set aside some dedicated money for mutual aid just to like, you know, give to, you know, and the I mean, sort of needs that pop up. I always encourage people to go local. You know, every time there's a tragedy or, or, or like a natural disaster, we're giving to the Red Cross, which is its own scam. You know, like if you can donate <laughs> local, if you can donate oh local, my you God. should. The nonprofit, a scam. <laughs> Actually, this was a very, very subversive point, the way to get into this point. But the mutual aid is so direct. I know that no matter what you're doing with the money, you got you're it. getting the money. You got the money. Now, the nonprofit, honey, mm. will, will, you will open up a playbill for a theater, honey, and it's like our sponsors, uh, Williams and Sonoma, 
Uh, I can't even, what is it called? Goldman Sachs. Like, <laughs> Goldman and Sachs. Gold and sacks of other gold. Like, literally, like, they will just have gold satchels of gold. Gold and sacks of other gold. <laughs> they will have satchels of gold be, like, skimming them millions of dollars in operating costs. And then the actors are on stage uh, and just, like... They're like, oh, great, we get to broke. eat in this scene so we can have food. <laughs> no, not, not, exci- <laughs> not excited for the... <laughs> For the on stage food. They're like, this actor honestly, is really like eating this whole Thanksgiving dinner. Like, he ain't said a word. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh, the, the food insecurity of my of my 20s. Oh my gosh. In the theater, like in specifically the theater. And then working yes. for nonprofits. Mm. And, then working for, and then and then they're just like, it's an absolute scam. Scam. Why is the set hydraulic? And we're making $500. Hold on. That's an elevator. They're like, that's an elevator on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're going to be good with that 500 though, right? Now, we are doing 13 shows a week. We got uh, two shows a day. We got several days on the weekend. We're going to run a 14th show for your larynx. (laughs) And good luck out out there. And God bless. And guys, on that note, we're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements. We'll be right back with my favorite segment, Historic Hoodwings. Scams! Hey there, we're Vibecheck, and we are working on a special series called Hey Sis, brought to you by Ulta Beauty, where we'll be in conversation with inspiring Black women creators. In this series, we'll be talking about all things Black, Black joy, Black beauty, and Black stories. And Ulta Beauty is celebrating Black-owned and founded brands, brands like Curl Mix, Undefined Beauty, Bevel, which we all use here to shave, and the legendary Pat McGrath Labs, who's having such a moment right now. So head to your local Ulta Beauty store or Ulta.com to shop your fave Black-owned and founded brands, and check out Hasis, a Vibe Check series. You can listen to that wherever you get your podcasts. I love fashion, okay? But we all know buying the latest and the greatest constantly is a little bit of a scam to the planet, which is why I love Newly. It's a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Sometimes you put something on the gram and you feel like, oh, well, it's dead now. Well, with Newly, you can keep having fresh fits. And you're helping the planet. Try out trending styles, colors, silhouettes, and then you can send it back for something new. Okay? Come on, Newly. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles for more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. I know that's right. It's fast, free shipping and returns with professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy whatever you love, which I love that because sometimes I put on a piece and I'm like, it's mine's now. So you can buy it from Newly. I love using Newly because the free shipping, it's really quick, and the pieces are really nice quality. Also, I love that the orders, like when I got mine, it was shipped in a recyclable, reusable tote. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code GODDESS. 20. Just go to N-U-L-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's. And enter the code GODDESS20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code GODDESS20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Cut! 
And we are back. And it's time for Historic Hoodwinks. This is where I will regale Larry with a famous con, caper, group of criminals. We'll get his opinions all throughout. Maybe we love him. Maybe we hate him. Y'all know. It's like, we never know. Uh, let's keep with the holiday season. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la scams. Or fa-la-la-la-la-la-la fraud. Better. Um, so Historic Hoodwinks today, we are talking about SantaCon. Oh, my God. Now, as a New York, as someone who lives in New York City, I know you've seen SantaCon. Uh-huh. Have you ever participated? Why? No, honey. Do you see how deep my melanin is? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen many dark-skinned Santas out there at SantaCon. Yeah, that's Although true. Black Santa is my favorite, is my favorite. White Santa is a, is a scam to me. I mean, I love Black Santa. I love Black Jesus. If you got a praying grandmother, then you understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Black Santa to me is the real Santa. So White Santa to me is the scam. And like, it's it's okay. Like, I like I get that he has to like have his job for the you know wider populace. But Black Santa, I'm always like, yes, okay, that's you. That's I, you. I didn't even really get to enjoy. <laughs> right, not my nigga. <laughs> Y'all, that's Chris Kringle on the block. Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle does sound hella black. Oh, Saint (laughs) Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Okay. I will say that I didn't enjoy the the scam of lying to your children about Santa Claus for very long because my grandmother was not with the shits. And um, I remember her telling me, like, Santa? I ain't letting no old white man take credit for my gifts. Nigga, I'm Santa. And I was like, well, all right, then, Mildred. All right, you're Santa. (laughs) So, you know, that was debunked pretty quickly. Um, your, gra- your grandma would say nigga. Nah, she probably <laughs> like didn't that. say nigga. She probably didn't I say nigga. Like, oh, I was like, that's... <laughs> nah, she probably didn't say nigga. Now that I think about it, Mildred, let me not be lying on you. Rest in peace, mission. Uh, but, you know, she did say she was Santa Claus. She was like, "I nobody's taking credit for my hard work, honey. Okay? At the call center, okay? I bought these gifts. Uh, I bought these oranges and these apples under the tree. That's how you know you really got to pray and grandma. I was like, why is fruit under here? Why are y'all putting fruit under the tree? I don't understand. I'm confusion. So, though the Christmas spirit is ancient, children <laughs> uh-huh. did not start writing letters to Santa Claus until the late 1800s. It wasn't until the beginning of the 20th century that the Christmas tradition became very popular due to the involvement of a very unlikely con man. So, in the late 1800s, Children started writing their letters to Santa Claus, and they would leave them in the fireplace, believing that the smoke would carry their message to St. Nick. So they would burn them? Okay, it's giving murder mystery. Okay. So by the 1870s, the post office began reporting that they were receiving letters, but no actual recipient. The letters would be destroyed every January. Faced with the problem of having to burn a growing number of letters from children, the New York City Post put out an announcement. Every year for the entire month of December, any approved organization in New York City could answer Santa's mail. No one volunteered. Then in 1913, a man named John Duval Gluck stepped forward to be Santa Claus. Wow. Okay. He was like, oh, y'all not going to be Santa? I'm Santa. I'm Saint Nick. <laughs> like, what? How, how do you even realize this is a thing? Like, how do you get involved in being like, nah, yeah, I'll be Santa for the kids. Ho, ho, hoes. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I'm flummoxed. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's a little about SantaCon. Uh, John was the oldest of five brothers and grew up in Bedsty, Bedford Stuyvesant. We know what Bedsty is. Bedsty door and That's tie. where I live. Hey, yes. Bedsty. Brooklyn. Yes, I live in. Okay, 
I lived in Best Stop when they were starting to regentrify it. So the white people were calling it Bedwick because it was like close to Bushwick and like so they were calling it no. Bedwick. No. And I didn't know no better. So I remember when I was turning my like lights on or some shit, the power or something, I was on the phone with the power company. And I was like, they were like, where do you live? And I was like, oh, I live in Bedwick. And he was like, nigga, what the fuck is Bedwick? And I was like, okay, are you, aren't you Con Edison? Why are you talking to me like this? Oh, but the scam <laughs> is you being gentrifier. <laughs> right. I came in and I was like, where's, where's the I'm Starbucks? I'm a black gentrifier of my neighborhood. You're a black gentrifier. You like, can't be a black my, gentrifier. Yes, I can, honey. I be getting to my Uber blacks and just. <laughs> <laughs> you can have only nice bu- things in the hood. Only like- buying LaCroix from the uh, bodega. I'm like, okay, call me when you get some organic options. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that I was in a gentrified neighborhood when the bodega started having like organic stuff. You know, when they started having chia seeds, I was like, oh, this is different. I can't be eating the other stuff. I just can't. I can't eat I can't eat a chopped cheese every week, honey. Right. I, mine is like a croissant with bacon, a bacon, egg and cheese, and strawberry jelly. That's what I would get from the bodega. The strawberry jelly, honey. I'm a sweet breakfast girl. I'm a sweet grit. This is a sweet grit podcast. Um, I don't know what they told <laughs> okay. you. But <laughs> I'm verse grits. <laughs> I am also verse. I will say I'm verse. Like you throw some shrimp on it, you throw some shrimp on it, I, you know, I'll be a bottom. You throw some I sugar know. on it, I'll be a top. <laughs> oh wow, okay, well. But you're still hugely binary. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm verse grits, which is why like I just have never understood this huge battle and being like, how how would you like it that day? Listen, it divides us. It divides the black community. And yet here we are. I know I'm gonna get dragged for the grits, but uh here we are. So No, I'm this... true, I'm true verse grits. Don't drag me. <laughs> John was the oldest of five brothers. You know, he grew up in Best I Do or Die. His childhood, for all intents and purposes, straight out of a Norman Rockwell painting. A childhood where holidays were big events, especially Christmas, which also happened to be John's birthday. Oh, he was born on Christmas. So he was like, Man, I am Jesus. He was like <laughs> Wow, December 25th. He said, what's the problem? I'm Jesus. <laughs> My birthday was on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's what I call Gratitude Day or Harvest Day. I have the best holiday birthday, July 4th. It's always a party. Oh, yeah. Fourth of July, baby. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Super slutty day. It is, and I I, keep, I make it sluttier, okay? Hose Do wide. you black out on that day? Like, that's a really wild birthday to have. No, last last birthday, I'll tell you off the podcast what I did, but I didn't drink. Um, <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, his childhood, very cute. Growing up, John was the shortest of his brothers at five foot six inches. And to compensate for his height and his receding hairline, John grew an extravagant mustache with an even bigger personality match. That's what I'm talking about. You know, have a tall personality. I have a tall personality. You know, you don't have to be tall to be successful. Also, when I hear five foot six, I immediately think five nine because that's a fake height in men. Like men always trying to say they five nine on dating apps. I'm like, you are five seven. Like, stop lying to the community. <laughs> 
Stop lying. You're going to get caught. 5'9 is not a real height. You heard it here first or maybe second because I've said this many times. So he was doing all this big personality shit. Um, He was like odd at the time. He had no children of his own, was once divorced and wasn't particularly religious. By the time he was 35, he was running his father's inherited brokerage business. So he wasn't really like a catch, according to the research, I guess for the time. He was 35. Uh, He was running his father's inherited brokerage business, but was restless for fame and Acknowledgement beyond his small life. No pun intended on small. Um, you know, he's oh, already been oh. divorced. He have no kids. And he wasn't particularly religious. So the girls were like, what do you have to offer? I mean, he's running his family's business. He probably got family coin. Y'all playing. So, so when the post office approved his appointment as official Santa Claus, John began the Santa Claus Association stationed in the back room of Henkel's Chop Shop on 36th Street. Wow. Y'all getting... Chop shop. <laughs> Somebody's literally making a chopped cheese and he's over here writing back to the little boys and girls. So in the beginning, he seemed to be genuinely interested in both creating a name for himself and helping his fellow New Yorkers by bringing delight to children of the city. John told reporters how children would write and ask if a sleds or dolls or even a coat. So cold and desperate were some children that they saw it as a blessing to receive coal from Santa. Damn. So they Cole's supposed to be a punishment for being bad. They were like, oh, bitch, throw this in the fireplace. It's lit. Uh, 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 uh. It's truly the ghetto here. Now when Santa sends you Cole and you're like, this will keep us warm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. So the letters would be addressed to Ice Street, Cloudville, and beyond the or behind the moon. Uh, note that the North Pole first became associated with Santa's address when a cartoonist depicted him at NP or at the North Pole in Harper's Weekly in 1866, partially because that was when the Arctic expeditions were happening. But the children didn't start writing to the North Pole until like the 30s and the 40s. So somebody made up the North Pole, and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, bet that's where Santa lived. We're not going up there." That's the perfect place to put him. Who's going up there? <laughs> the closest I'm getting is a Grey Goose event in Reykjavik. Uh, okay, come on. Anybody going to come the post? Come on, Lacey Writer's Room. Come on, <laughs> Daily Show Packet. That was good, okay, girly? I'm like, yeah. listen, if you running, if you trying to be on the lamb, I feel like the North Pole is the spot to go. Anybody going up there to look for you? They said if you put him in Florida, they're going to want to see him. Mm. <laughs> like, he can't live in London, honey. We can get, like, you can get to London. <laughs> Santa can't live in Miami Dade. Like, you know, maybe we could put him on the Dyer's Pole. Okay? Bro, I saw Santa live the other night. Oh, that was Rick Ross? Okay. Not so, Greenland, Finland. Rick Cross, Black Santa. Yeah. Right. So the association had an army of volunteers that would go through each letter, flagging any repeats from the same child. So not y'all kids out here trying to scam. Like, let me send Santa life three, four letters. But also not the police state. Don't be patrolling the letters. Right. <laughs> let them get off all their letters to Santa. Y'all Count haters. that as persistence, okay? Right. How Determination. Who's writing over and over? Yeah, because that takes time. This kid was going to the post office several times a week, getting postage, really trying to see the girl. You know, like, yeah, don't be a hater. This feel That felt like a little bit of a hater. Let people have, like, double dipping. That's called dedication. So if a child describes starvation, homelessness, or abuse, the volunteers set in a special stack. 
so that oh. it was forwarded oh. to public charities uh, for or to commissions for further investigation. So if you send a letter to Santa and you snitched on your family. CPS is coming. I, can you believe CPS? Can you believe like if you were like a parent and obviously you must be a shitty parent if your kid is writing to Santa and being like, help. Like, but can you imagine CPS pulling up to your house and you're like, there was no domestic disturbance. We didn't call the police. And they're like, yeah, but uh, Timmy sent a letter to Santa Claus. And he said, y'all y'all ain't feeding him. So <laughs> The evidence is the letter. They hold up this, like, chicken scratch letter as evidence. <laughs> right, everything's misspelled. They're like, dear Santa, I'm damn bad. And it's like... <laughs> but I also think that's very nice and responsible. Like, not to make light of, like, obviously, like, bad situations uh, for people who mm. grew up with, you know, abusive homes. But I think that's kind of dope that they were like, okay, well, let's set these aside because, like these kids are like hungry or they're being mistreated and like we're gonna take it's care of them definitely giving two birds right so i'm like i'm not mad at this so far so if the letter asked for excessive gifts or gave some other indication of not really needing santa's help it was set aside so if you hit a, if you hit up santa you were like i want the barbie lambo truck uh, this year, I would really love some Gucci slides and a Cartier necklace. Santa, please. It's like, okay, if you even know what the shit is, like, you don't need Santa's help. <laughs> but also, I love that John became, like, judge and jury of Christmas. Like, aren't you just supposed to be responding to these letters? How are you going to be over here like, ugh, put this one in the in the rich bitch pile. Like, th- throw these he kids away. Like, you can tell. You can tell when someone is real and when someone is fake. Real, real nigga pile, you get something. <laughs> Fake nigga pile, you get cold. The fuck, and then of course, <laughs> down niggas, they get CPS rolling through to. Oh no! <laughs> take them over. So each approved letter was sent out to a potential donor that was available to actually send the children gifts. So, wow. So they were like, actually, like, this is like the beginning of what's that Christmas program? I do it. Um, I did it a lot in high school. We were raising money for it. But there's like a. um. What's it called? You know, for Christmas, where they do the, like, um, you go to Walmart. Salvation Army. Yeah, Salvation Army. They do it. Yeah, with a lot of other oh, places. Toys for too. Tots. Toys for Tots, Salvation Army. There's a couple of them. But they're, like, Christmas programs where you, like, go to a store and they'll give you a list and you just buy all the stuff on the list. Oh. And also, FYI for you guys, because um, I did this a lot in high school and I would raise money for it and I would shop for it. Um, if you decide to, like, sponsor a child for the holidays... Do get what's on the list, um, especially if it's like clothes, shoes, socks and stuff like that. Because a lot of times people with privilege will be like, oh, well, you know, I'm also going to get them this really nice doll or I'm going to get them a PlayStation. I'm going to get them this, this, that and third. And sometimes, depending on how hard up the parents are or if the parents are good people, because we know we ain't got no choice in that, they will sell the expensive stuff that you get for the child. The child won't get it. So if you get stuff that's like clothes and their size, that's like reasonably priced, like don't get them no Gucci like don't get them something that has resale value that's really high because the parents might end up selling it and keeping the money whereas like if you get them you know regular stuff from Walmart or from Target or whatever in their size like it's more likely that they'll be able to hold on to the gifts now that's not the same saying for every household but I'm just letting y'all know like that's the thing so you know when you're trying to ball out you might want to oh that's really <laughs> good advice it's <laughs> the season to be lazy. Oh, I love. Oh, I love when you sing. Mm, mm, delicious. <laughs> fa la 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 la. Hey. Yes. Dog, we now are gay apparel. Ew. That's me. Gay apparel. I wear gay apparel every day. <laughs> Boots. Love it. 
Love it here. So the donors were compiled from a list of names addressed to John, sourced from his own business, along with suggestions made by the association's directors and volunteers. So he got a whole movement now in the chop shop, uh, the chop tea shop, where everybody in there, like, going through the letters, judging the children, uh, <laughs> and and reaching out to donors to get them gifts, which is really dope, because, like, I thought he was just going to write, like, read the letters and be like, yo, it's me, Santa Claus, be easy. Like, I didn't know he was actually going to be like, getting them gifts. That's amazing. So the success of the Santa Claus building. The Santa Claus Association was enormously successful. By December 24th, 1913, it had coordinated the delivery of gifts to 13,000 kids, uh, specifically 13,160 children in the city. In the following two years, that jumped to 50,000 gifts, delivering like to 16,000 families. The city's richest families were able to see their charity firsthand. And according to papers, the city's poorest families actually looked forward to a happy Christmas. Wow. Oh. Oh. This sounds very good. I don't know where the scam is. We really bearing the lead, huh, Caitlin? Okay, let's let's see. So on Christmas Day, nineteen fifteen. Painful. Here comes here comes the painful, <laughs> painful ending. All right. So on Christmas Day, 1915, John made the big announcement to a room full of volunteers and reporters. The peculiar nature of our work calls for a building of our own. So now he's ready to expand. He's like, OK, we cannot be back here, uh, you know, getting grease pops on us while we are trying to help the children. <laughs> we need our own building. So he commissioned a prolific architects, uh, George and Edward Blum, to create the most unique building in America. The Santa Claus building in Manhattan was made of white marble with a massive arch portal nearly 20 feet deep as a front entrance. Okay, so y'all supposed to be doing charity. Why is you out here getting white marble for your building? Uh, uh, <laughs> I just feel like y'all could have got like a cute double water or something to save the coins for the kids. Because what? What? I, I... <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I just feel like y'all can't be making Santa Claus Disneyland. They're just supposed to be helping people put their coins towards the kids. So the facade was to have versions of Santa Claus from all countries of the world crafted by artists native to each country. The ground floor was to house the association's offices as well as other charities working in collaboration. The second floor was to hold um, a bazaar. Um which was intended to be a huge market where toys from around the world would be sold or given away. John wanted to create a real-life Santa's workshop and an international celebration of the Christmas spirit. So he, like, went and was like, let me get them girls who was in Willy Wonka. Where they at? Because oh, 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 oh. we're going to do, do a real Santa workshop. <laughs> However... Oh. Though complete details of the building were released to the press, no one knew how the $300,000, roughly $6.5 million today, would be paid for. What was particularly bizarre was that just the week before the announcement, the association had been fundraising to relieve a $3,000 debt. So, how you making a building and you don't got no coins? You don't got no building fund? The building fund. So, John's fraudulent charities. Here we go. Because I was like, John was doing so good. He was really giving to the children. Do you like John Larry so far? I felt like he was okay, but I know this last act is going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he roped people in with the legitimacy, though. You know, he did help some kids. He probably put some kids in foster care, which could be good or bad. Um, <laughs> it started. It started promising, but again, yeah. why? Where's the scam? Right. So by this point, John had built a list of 76,000 donors across the city, including Astor's and the Vanderbilts. He used that list to garner support for a number of charities that almost entirely existed just 
to aid the raising of the Santa Claus Building Funds. The charities included the Defense Reports Committee, Serum Control of Cancer, the Anti-Prohibition Group, Okay, anti-prohibition. I feel like that's lit, right? Because that means you're against prohibition, which means you want the lick. <laughs> now, how you gonna have a whole charity that's like, our charity is based on, we trying to get drunk. <laughs> nah, not the lick. Not the lick. <laughs> the lick killed me. For the price of a cup of coffee, we can all get drunk soon. Like... <laughs> the lick really killed me just one time when you said that. Like what? And the Window Crib Society, and most notoriously, the American Boy Scout organization, which we know is riddled with nonsense. So just a note, baby cages were invented in 1922 during a time where rickets were a big concern. Baby cages were cribs designed to hang out of windows for kids to get more sun. And now we're looking at a baby cage, and we'll post this on uh, the Insta story. How you gonna have... I just feel like you shouldn't hang your baby outside like it's a, a AC unit. this is absolutely terrifying (laughs) so crazy to see how how did he even survive to this point this baby is above trees this baby is above trees in a little cage hanging out what the hell this is an absolute mess. They say you don't want your baby to get rickets. You better hang him on a clothesline. No, this rickets? baby's suspended in the air. Oh lord, it's giving AC unit. This is worse than when Michael Jackson dangled blanket uh, over the balcony. Like this is blanket. This is uh, the original blanket. The OG blanket, Prince Michael the Third, and the baby looking at this photo like, "Help! Why are you taking pictures? Help! <laughs> Help! <laughs> Help me! Help. Hey, why you got your camera out? Come over here and get me from these irresponsible ass people! Come and get me!" Oh Lord! So, so uh, to tie that in, the Window Crib Society, like that's they was putting babies in cages and hanging them over the city. Oh no! So the group had been founded in 1910 by William Randolph Hearst to rival the Boy Scouts of America, and had been incorporated three months later. So this is uh, back to the American Boy Scout Association, which is hilarious because Boy Scouts of America. And then the rival came out and said, we the American Boy Scouts Association. That's the same name. Hey, I just go switch the... Hey, well... <laughs> that's like, Beyonce got titled, nigga. We got waves. I feel like that's... <laughs> I feel like that's the same thing. So they were essentially, like, you know, the same as the Boy Scouts of America, except for these scouts carried loaded guns. Okay. <laughs> Membership of the organization, and we're just diving into the Boy Scout organization for some reason. Membership of the organization fell when a 12-year-old shot and killed a 9-year-old during a fight, leaving John in a difficult position as he used the scouts as volunteers in the Santa Claus Association. So he was like, y'all Boy Scouts, if y'all want, y'all want to get y'all Santa badge? Y'all trying to get y'all holiday Christmas uh, badge or no? And also, y'all got loaded guns. <laughs> Why? Oh. I don't know how anybody lived in the 1920s because it just seems like everywhere you go, there's very, a way to die. <laughs> very lawless, lawless. Time. So to try and revive the American Boy Scouts, not to be confused with Boy Scouts of America, even though they are the same name, John would attach the names of prominent politicians and businessmen as executive vice presidents without their knowledge and went around town calling himself a member of the Secret Service. Wow. So if you're a member of the Secret Service, then why, why are you not with the president? 
why you at Starbucks, my guy? Like, how are you going to be in the Secret Service? I, I thought that was a secret. I feel like y'all are not supposed to tell people. I ain't never met nobody who was like, yeah, I work at the Secret Service. This is not a job that I've ever encountered. They're like, yeah, it's cool. You know, a lot of waiting around at the bathroom. Like, what? But, but this is also the 20s. There's no internet. You can lie about anything you want. Which is a great. You time really could just, just you could just hit a good old lie. Oh, a good old just lie! Everywhere, everywhere, anywhere. And who's gonna know? Who gonna who's check gonna me, know? boo? I wish I like. I love the question that we all know is inherently ignoring race strife or racial strife, which is like, if you could go back in the past at any time, like, where would you go? And niggas are like, the future, bitch. Are you kidding? Like, it's been real bad for us. We're going to start at the 90s. Right. And I'm not trying to go to the 90s kind of world either. Like, (laughs) I'm going to try to go forward. What's 3,000 uh, looking like? Wait, wait, but remember the 2000s is a whole decade, and we can now we can go back to our good old 2010s. Did you not? The 10s, the 10s actually had a lot of, like, the, the 10s, maybe it's the nostalgia off of it is, like, if you want, like, like, 10 through 12 as this age, you know, I mean, like, 2010 yeah. to 2012, just like Rihanna and Beyonce, like. That's true. Get, like, out. Album the 2010s. Drops a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, fast fashion hasn't happened yet. You weren't like competing at this rate yet. We're not like. We're not on Instagram know. like that, you know, fucking up our brains. Our the phones aren't listening isn't, yet. The algorithm isn't retooling our brains yet. Like, the algorithm has to still. Okay. The algorithm is still learning us. It's learning, <laughs> like, what parts of Blackness people want to see versus what they, like, they feel that they should suppress. Like, it, like, so it has to allow a lot of stuff through. You're which right. is why we have this, like, you know, I don't know. The Swintons were a happier time. They were low-key our 80s, too, because there was a lot of terrible fashion. Well, that's the 2000s. Uh, the, but the 2010s, we got it together a the little aughts. bit. Also, the 2010s, I just remember, like, being a child and twerking a Roscoe Dash, you know? I know. I felt very twerkalicious, but maybe just because it was my 20s. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was in my 20s in 2010, but I was twerking. Oh, in 2010, I, I was a child, but I'm saying, like... But yeah, I was about to say, we're, like, like, close to the same age. Yeah, the 10s <laughs> is, like, the decade that the 20s were in, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Back to the story, though. A 12-year-old shot a 9-year-old because for some reason they're giving children guns, which I don't understand why anybody thought that was a good idea. To try to revive the American Boy Scouts Association, he was over here lying, telling people that, you know, all these people in prominent positions were involved. Obviously, that wasn't true. He said he was a member of the Secret Service. He ain't doing no service, and it is not a secret. Uh, The organization eventually folded away, but due to high-profile nature of the debacle, John and the Santa Claus Association had attracted attention of the authorities. So now the F, the B, and the I are like, hey, girl. Hello, it's us, the government. We would like a word. <laughs> so, in 1927, Bird Caller was the city's public welfare commissioner. He found that Santa Claus Association accepted $106,000 in direct donations, about $1.4 million today, but didn't detail where the money went. So now we're looking at Bird. He's a, a candidate for governor in this photo. Uh, he's giving 1920s vibes. He's got, you know, a finger wave and a very aggressive mustache. It's very much giving the vibes of 1920s. Um, 
So salaries kept increasing and $10,000 worth of funds mysteriously vanished. That's so crazy how money be leaving. You know, getting up, walking out on song. $10,000, that's like how much now? Um, I'm not exactly sure of the equivalent, but if $106,000 is $1. million, then I would imagine $10,000 worth of funds is like... Like a significant amount of money. What that's like almost ten percent of that. So it's like ten percent of a million. Wow. So like a hundred thousand dollars, around hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Big more. scam. Yeah. So additionally, the Santa Claus building was never built, but the organization had continued accepting donations for its construction anyway. The building fund, classic church, uh, where everybody donated to the building fund. And somehow, every time we come to worship on Sunday, we in the same building. <laughs> building ain't never gonna get built. So. It turns out that John had embezzled almost all of the funds, shocker, marked for the building, as well as the funds raised to purchase gifts and postage. Not the baby's gifts now. You were give back to the kids, still, still to build the money. John genuinely began wanting to help the children and spread Christmas cheer, but eventually the fame he craved and received as a part of the association led him to greed. Power corrupts. It's giving Scrooge. <laughs> How do you go from being Chris Kringle to the Grinch? To literally, you will not have Christmas. <laughs> I'm taking the money. He, how you go home buy Christmas and then steal Christmas in the same breath? Like what? Yeah, he princess switched the funds. Okay, that was for the Vanessa Hudgens stands. Love that for them. I mean, he was like, look, I gave y'all enough Christmas. Y'all on your own now. Like, damn. <laughs> this is disrespectful. So when Caller, the governor guy, brought his findings to the post office, John's contract with them was rescinded. And by Christmas, letters to Santa had stopped coming in and the group had lost all public support. Without the post office, they had no logistic ability to collect letters and the Santa Claus Association went defunct. It wasn't until 35 years later in 1962 that the New York City Post Office formalized the process of answering letters to Santa. Today, hundreds of local groups handle the answering of letters across the U.S. under the umbrella of Operation Santa Claus. So now we got a more legit business, Operation Santa Claus, if you live in New York. Your kids want to snitch on your friends and family, or if y'all want to ask for some gifts, obviously you got to keep it pretty basic, because if you go in there asking for, you know, a switch or something, they're going to be like, too rich! <laughs> and guys, that's John. Man, I, okay, I was with John in the first half. He had me in the first half. It was, like, honestly, really heartwarming, but that just made you really anticipate that it was going to be a hard scam. I mean, I wouldn't even be mad at John if he stole all the building fund money, but you didn't also have to steal the gift and the postage money. Like, keep giving the kids the gifts. At least keep your grift on the up and up. Yeah, definitely that. It was like, now you are... There's Like, scamming can still have, like, some moral basis. <laughs> <laughs> the Robin Hood of scams. But then you took from the kids, and that's not robbing, taking from the rich. It's taking from the from the kids. And that's why I'm like, this hurts. It hurts a little bit. But guys, we're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements, and we'll be back for the saddest part of the show where I have to let Larry go. Robbery! This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I wish I had a time machine. <laughs> I think about that TikTok sound a lot. Mooney, shout out to you. But like, a lot of us spend our lives like wishing that we had more time. We don't have Beyonce's hours in a day. She done scammed us with that. But we still have time. 
And the question is like, time for what? If time was unlimited, like, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. That's why I really like the meditation in the morning because I set my intentions. And sometimes it's just like, drink water today. Like, the goals don't got to be that big all the time. You know what I mean? And like, therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can just do more of it. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and is suited to your schedule. You can just fill out a brief like questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch up anytime you want. So if they're not giving you the vibes, get you another one. BetterHelp is all about making sure you get the right fit. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash goddess today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash goddess. Y'all, I just saw this viral TikTok of this gorgeous woman in her 60s, and she was being interviewed about confidence, and she had the nastiest hair flip and the sickest jacket on. And I actually saw people, because y'all nosy as hell on the internet, going to find out where this jacket was from, and I was gagged. The jacket was like $8,000. I was like, um, that's a car. You're wearing somebody's like used Camry. And I love luxury, but I, that's 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 loud luxury to me. But wouldn't we all love some quiet luxury with the quality and expensiveness of that fancy 60-year-old lady, but at a price that doesn't have me fainting? That's why I love Quince, because they have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for only $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. That's not going to you know, have the repo man at your house. I love the silk top. I've washed it several times. It's still giving silk. Also, it's got a little stretch to it. So when it it hangs on my body, it just looks so rich and fancy. But I'm not spending crazy, fancy, rich money. I know that's right. I love Quince so much. Y'all already know the deal. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash goddess for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash goddess to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash goddess and we're back and it's time for scammer of the week this is where we highlight an honorary charlatan group of criminal squad we don't know yet maybe we love them maybe we hate them oh my god we're getting so many of these nft scammer of the weeks recently NFTs are non-fungible tokens. It's like this whole new popping thing on the internet where you can like, basically, I feel like the Wu-Tang Clan started NFTs because they recorded an album that Martin Scarelli bought and they only released one. And so he bought it for like millions of dollars. And um, it's recently been taken away from him because he in jail, jail. But, um, you know, I really feel like that was the first NFT. But uh, thousands of investors in an NFT project called Evolved Apes recently learned that the world, uh, that NFT isn't immune to scams, which obviously it isn't. It sounds like a scam in itself. So no, NFTs, like I said, are non-fungible tokens. They are unique sets of data used in blockchain technology to verify digital items as unique entities with single owners where they would have otherwise been easily replicated and not verifiable ownership. So it's like you're selling something and it's like you're buying this for an exorbitant price, but you're the only person who has it and has access to it. It's so dumb. But also lit. I don't know. Maybe I make an NFT. We'll see. Evolved Uh, uh, Ape... (laughs) I make an episode of Scam Goddess and it's an NFT and it's like I, one person can listen to it. <laughs> I actually love NFTs. I 
like it is literally like the price of art. It's assigning value to things that are artistic and giving it like a really, really great value. So like just conceptually to me as an artist, like that makes sense that there's like something quantifiable about it, but that is like also a little, let's say ephemeral where it's like, no, everyone can't have taste, but if you do have taste, it can cost a lot. I don't know. But NFTs sometimes are ugly. (laughs) (laughs) But they have a vibe, and I can always tell the vibe of an expensive NFT, which is why I like them, because I have taste. Yes, you're a man of taste and class and distinction. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, Evolved Apes described on NFT Marketplace, um, and they went on the Marketplace OpenSea, and they described it as a collection of 10,000 unique NFTs trapped inside a lawless land. The project also hyped a yet-to-materialize fighting game. You know, it's America. We love a fighting game. We love to shoot people in Call of Duty. So a week after the project launched, its anonymous developer known as Evil Ape vanished almost entirely off the face of the internet, deactivating their website and Twitter account. However, they left traces behind on the blockchain that shows that they took 798 Ether, which is $2.7 million out of the project's funds in multiple transfers. The funds were raised through the initial public sales of the NFTs, as well as commissions and earmarked for projects expenses such as marketing. So they were like, oh yeah, like put that coin in. We got 10,000 NFTs. We about to run it up. And then they ran away. And, um, that's been happening a lot. After the public sale on September 24th, announcements seemed suspiciously unprofessional, and several of the leaders were not around anymore. But in this very new marketplace, most investors believed it was just inexperience. I love that y'all are trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, they gonna come back. Yeah, there's several misspellings and typos in here, and we haven't heard from them in weeks, but you, they, they probably busy. <laughs> they were not busy. They were getting busy stealing y'all's money. So prior to the NFT project, Evolved Apes did a social media competition meant to generate buzz. The community then discovered that the social media competition winners hadn't received their NFT prizes from the project and the artists hadn't been paid either. Damn, they ripped everybody off. But NFTs are unlike cryptocurrencies in that even with the money gone, there are still JPEGs and narratives surrounding them. Evolved Apes continue to trade on open seas where a total volume of 13.9 Ether, which is $47,230 have been traded since the rug pull became public. So even after they dipped off with the coins, they're like, hey, it's us again. Sorry we had robbed some of y'all. Anyways, we got some more product to unload. Y'all interested? A new project called Fight Back Apes has been created in response to the community scorned by their tragic investments, trying to salvage their investments. So Fight Back Apes is like these people trying to figure out who these evil apes are. I mean, they put evil in the title. I don't know why y'all were confused. Yeah, it's, yeah, they, yeah, nefarious off top. They said crime. They said crime dot com and y'all still gave them your money that's the thing about nfts that confuses me when they're photos because i'm like if i can look at a photo of the nft that you got i can just screenshot it i got it too girl like no but you don't own the original baby come on intellectual property what's the difference you having a copy you having a copy of my movie does not mean that you made my movie the masters owning the mass thing but like owning the masters you if i if i have the stems 
then I can always do the remix. I can give you the sample for the remix, but you just have the song. I have the stems. That's like music, though. Okay, Kanye. <laughs> yeah, that was a little music. The stems is like the drum layer, the vocal layer. I don't know. I feel like NFT conceptually is something that I like should like because I love ascribing high monetary value to art. As you should. Your art should be valued very, very high because you are a very good artist. But art, uh, like art should, you know, I don't know. But yeah, Evil Apes, they were, they found a loophole in the grift. So they're grifting the grift. The grift of NFTs is that it's just like easy to make a killing. And so that's going to like draw the wrong types of people. Fair. Fair. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at NFTs. I told you I might make a Scam Goddess episode that's an NFT that you can only listen to if you are one person who purchases it. That's huge. I love that. Capitalism. But, guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Larry, we always ask on the show, where would you like to be found? Oh, yeah. Follow at Larry Owens Live. As always, guys, you can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I-D-V-A-L-A-C-I on all platforms. If you want to follow the podcast, see all the photos. Scam Goddess Pod on all platforms. Instagram is where I mostly post the photos. I'll do better with Twitter, though, y'all. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do right by y'all. Um, and, guys, all of the first season of My Carly is streaming right now on Paramount Plus, as well as the second season of A Black Lady Sketch Show. Get into it. It's other stuff coming out, honey. I'll tell y'all when I can tell y'all. Right now, I can't. Also, Search Party Season 5, look out for Larry. He's going to be in there being hilarious. There's a show on Hulu that you did, too, right? What's that name? Yeah, Life and Bath, Amy Schumer. It's coming January. Yes. Come on, books. Come on, busy. Come on, <laughs> amen, boys. amen. Congregation, send money for the building fund. And stay scheming. Damn goddess. This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess. It's produced by Judith Cargbo, engineered by Marina Pais, and researched by Kaylin Brandt. Stay scheming! This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.